Greetings and welcome to Bird on a Wire, a podcast series presented by the Recombobulation Area and hosted by Lou Ann Bird, featuring conversations on hope, civility, and action. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dan Schaefer, and I am the founder of the Recombobulation Area and the producer of this podcast series. For episode seven of Bird on a Wire, Lou Ann is joined by the Persisters. The Persisters is a group of women that got involved in political action following the 2016 election and 2017 Women's March. They started the group with a few women in Wauwatosa, and it has grown now to a community of hundreds. And now they meet every Friday and celebrate every new member's first time making a call to their U.S. Senator. The leaders of the group, Lisa Williams and Cheryl Jewick, who are actually real-life sisters themselves, joined Luann for a terrific discussion on how to take action in your community. The lead sponsor for the Bird on a Wire podcast series is Civic Media, the fastest-growing hometown radio network in Wisconsin, broadcasting local news, talk, sports, music, and sensible commentary throughout the state. Visit civicmedia.us to find your local station and tune in to your community. Supporting sponsors for this series include Marianne Lubar and Marlene Ott. So, without further ado, here's Luann Bird. Well, hello again, friends. Uh, my name is Luann Bird, and I'm the host of our Bird on the Wire podcast series, which is produced by Dan Schaefer and in his recombobulation area. So thanks for tuning in. This is episode number seven, and I have with me today some friends from the Persisters. I learned about the Persisters way before I was called to run for public office. <laughs> My children go to school, as you heard in our last podcast series, in the Wauwatosa School District at the Montessori School. And uh, so I'm pretty involved in Wauwatosa as well. And I heard about this group called the Persisters that helped Robin Vining get elected. And I was very supportive of that race too back in the day. So um, I decided to run last year. And one of the first calls I made was to the Persisters. So I'd like to introduce my guests today. We have Lisa Williams and Cheryl Jewick from the Persisters. And so I'm going to let... Lisa, lead us off. I enjoy this dynamic group of women and men uh, since I met them. So I'll let Lisa tell us how you got started because that's quite the story. Thanks, Luann. Uh, We started in January of 2017. My sister Cheryl and I attended the Women's March um, in Madison that year with some friends and other family. And after that, I was feeling um, the the need or the calling to to reach out to others and uh, just gather, to gather, to uh, engage with our elected officials, not just to march, but to take it that further. And so I started gathering people in my house around um, the dining room table. And the objective was to become uh, more active citizens um, and engaging with our elected representatives at the local level, at the state level, and at the national level. At that time in January 2017, we had a new president that was concerning many women about um, and people, uh, other people as well, who uh, were concerned about some of the um, uh, threats to democracy that we saw arising in the country. And uh, as a result of that, we decided to to take our democratic um, 
uh, purpose more seriously. And we became active citizens engaged with our elected representatives. We started meeting every Friday. We started really small, just a small group of people around my dining room table. And we said, what's important to us? And uh, we decided to take action by writing letters and making phone calls to our elected representatives. Um, and we grew from there. We've been meeting every Friday, except for a few weeks off for <laughs> pandemic and um, illness and things, but we've been meeting every Friday since February of 2017. And all are welcome. They come to either my house around the dining room table or we meet on Zoom or we meet in the park. And what I say is we're active, engaged citizens who take our responsibility seriously, that we live in a democracy and that means all of us. Um, we're proud progressives. Uh, anybody is welcome, for sure. And we've had people from both parties come many times, but um, we're proud progressives. That's where our values are. Um, and we have grown now to a community of hundreds. Um, and we take action on a weekly basis to engage our elected officials. And they're from all over now, right? They're yeah. not just in Wauwatosa. All over and <clears throat> every age. We've had people come to Persisters meetings from two months old to over 90. So we're really spanning four generations. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Cheryl, were you with it from the start? I was. You were the yes. two originals? Lisa was the founder, I joined week two. Okay. <laughs> and never never left me alone again. Had you two met before that or not? We're sisters. Oh, you are sisters. We are sisters. Oh, I did not know this. Blood relatives. Oh, you knew each other a lot. We're sisters. That's we so cool. did. Sister per sisters. So looking back at that time, like, were you feeling as miserable and down as most of us were about uh, the election and, and Trump getting elected and what was the culture? Were you, you know, feeling as bad as I was? Yes, at we were. It, it's hard to put into words how concerned we were, mm -hmm. as Lisa said, about our democracy, and most importantly about what we can do. Um, when people ask, why? Why are you so involved? My answer is really, if not me, then who? I mean, that's what my democracy calls for. Mm -hmm. And even in these six years, as we've seen voters and citizens ask more and more and more of candidates in every election cycle, I often sit back and wonder how we can ask more of ourselves and not just of the <laughs> candidates. There, that has to be a two-way street. Uh, first and foremost, we have to vote, and um, that's number one, two, and three. And then after that, what can I bring to this fight and now more than ever it is a fight for democracy you were going to say well um, so i believe that um everybody has a voice and values and we choose whether to use our voice and our values so what we just it's so simple what we did with persisters we said we have our voice we have certain values yours may be different yours may be different but for those of us who share certain values in this case this strong belief in democracy, let's just come together and not be alone. As you said, Luann, uh, were we feeling uh, some hopelessness? I, for one, was feeling hopeless in uh, January of 2017, February of 2017. And I thought, well, I can sit alone in my hopelessness and you know, yell at the TV, um, or I can see, are there other people who are feeling like me? And 
Of course there were. And it's in this community that we've found purpose. How did you build that? And there's nothing that? new about that, right? Right. How People did you build your community? How did you get the word out? How did this So the first thing I did was I just emailed um, my friends and family, mm-hmm. and I said, I'm starting a team. I'm pretty sure that's what my email said. <laughs> I said, I'm starting a team. I didn't know anything more than that. If you're interested in taking action by engaging with elected officials, come to my house on Friday. I'll have coffee and donuts, strong coffee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we'll talk about what we want to share with our elected representatives. And so what we decided right from the very beginning, this small group of people, I think it was six the first week, and I will say in six years, it is, there has never been a week that people didn't show up. And that shocks me. Not once. Never. There, it, people don't have to reply or RSVP or anything. The front door is open. There are always people there. It's a different you know, mix of people. But we just started by saying, what hurts? What, what's bothering us? Um, I remember my pastor saying to me once, what breaks your heart or what gives you hope? And we really started there. What breaks your heart? What gives you hope? And that's a really been a powerful way for me to know which direction I'm being pulled. And now it's not just me or Cheryl. Whoever is at the table, they say, we, we end every Persisters meeting. You know, Luann, because you've do. been there. I was thinking We that. end every meeting mm-hmm. by uh, saying, what has given you hope this week or what has broken your heart? And that is kind of our guideline. Yeah. That's where our values are. And so it varies what we might act on each week because it's based on that question. Yep. Well, and hopelessness, which we've all had our fair share of, not only six years ago, but when we couldn't even see the pandemic coming. And the thing about hopelessness is it's easy to do nothing. Hope means there's work to do to me. Hope means there's work to do. Let's roll up our sleeves. Everybody has something different to contribute. Uh, Whether, you know, you said on a recent podcast, Some people's contribution to your campaign was to bring a meal. Uh, There's no end to what we can contribute, and uh, whether large or small, and that's not a trite saying, because the small matters as much as the large, and um, that feeds our hope, it feeds our sense of community, and while Lisa and I tease quite frequently about tonight I quit, the next morning we're ready to go again. You bet. So we don't shy away from quitting. But when the sun rises, so does the hope, and that means there's work to do. So what was the first issue or first campaign you got involved in? The thing I remember, and I, so what I do every week is I, after we meet and we talk about our hopes and heartbreaks and the things that made us mad or things that inspired us, I create a list of actions. And there's usually around six actions and I send them to all the people who ask to be on our email list. And it gives like a short description of an action and then who to call or who to write. And that's our called our action sheet. Um, And what we started right away, what I remember from that February of that year, somebody could correct me, but there was a a ban on migrants from six countries that the the former president um, Mm -hmm. declared a ban on. And Mm -hmm. uh, if you might recall, there were a lot of people who were in limbo. They were trying to come into the United States. They weren't allowed in because of this new ban. It happened to be a lot of Muslim majority countries. And there were lawyers who were sitting in airports 
just trying to process paperwork for people who were fleeing countries uh, for one reason or another. And we got very active right away on that issue. Another issue that we got active on right away um, was around uh, women's rights. And we felt that um, the former president was saying a lot of things that were very dismissive, demeaning um, towards women. And so what we did in both of those situations was we started writing our senators. So in Wisconsin at the time, and still is, Senator Ron Johnson, Senator Tammy Baldwin. And we got to memorize those phone numbers and those email addresses. And we just started writing and calling and writing and calling. And um, we said, we, we agree or we disagree with this. And we went from there. That's how we started. Those were the first actions I recall. And there were weeks where we got them on the phone, their office on the phone, and we passed the phone from one to yes. another to another. I think one time I'm remembering we passed the phone to 14 different voices. That's amazing. Wow. I forgot about that. <clears throat> Senator Ron Johnson's office, we finally got a human who answered the phone. As you know, when you call these offices, sometimes it's a recording. Right. Right. And once we got a person, we would decide at my dining room table, um, we're not going to let them hang up. So they always want your name and your zip code. And we would say, hold on, here's the next person. Then we'd pass it to Cheryl. She'd say her name and zip code. And they'd want to say, okay, we've got it. We'd say, hold on, the next person. Oh, and we word. went around the table. And the thing that I remember that was so exciting at that time was Cheryl and I have been engaged in political activism just from our own living rooms. We're moms for a long time, not in any organized fashion. But there were many people around our table who had never known their senator's name, phone number, and certainly hadn't called them. And it was a new thing. And to see the person make that first phone call to their U.S. House representative or their, their first phone call to their U.S. senator, and then we'd hang up the phone and we'd all cheer. <laughs> and they were like, wow, I did it. That was really exciting. That's cool. And yeah. we're still doing that today. So did right. you get involved, though? I think I had... Um been following Robin Vining then getting into the race. Yes, mm -hmm. and that was a couple of years of the, later. Was it really? Yes, it was. Two years, two years later. Yes, two so years. I believe, oh, wow. if I'm not incorrect, I believe that Robin was first elected to the state assembly in 2020, and she was just re-elected this past uh, fall. I think she's on her third, though. Okay, so then she, she was, was elected the first time 2018. Maybe. Okay, mm -hmm. right. so we Two started years, in yeah. 2017. So we had been existing as a persisters group in 20 before right. she started to run. And then because we're all in Wauwatosa, she said, um, "Can I? Can I come? Can I come to your table? <laughs> can I come to your dining room table?" And we were more than thrilled to have for the first time an elected rep come well somebody running for office I'm sorry come, come yeah. and sit at the table with us and we just told her what was important to us and she told us what was important to her and that started a really great um, uh, friendship and also us campaigning for her and writing thousands of postcards, postcards. for her right. that was for postcards. Postcards. there was a particular yes. effort we had been doing doors, Robin had been doing doors, and there, she was encountering and the others were encountering a number of neighborhoods where the um, man that answered the door didn't choose to call his wife to the door. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there was an effort to send handwritten letters, I think yeah. 500 of them. Yeah. To the women? Yes. Yes. So that it was wow. their private mail. 
Yes. So this was this a Republican leaning district at so the time, or did at, we not know? At that time, Robin's district has changed in the gerrymander, but right. at that time, um, she was representing um, a chunk of uh, Wauwatosa and Brookfield. Okay. And so in parts of Wauwatosa and Brookfield, she was just finding because she, I think she knocked on like eighteen thousand doors when she when she first ran, or her or she and her people did, and she was encountering this over and over. So they kept a note of which doors they couldn't actually reach the register voter they uh, wanted to reach to and, and then we wrote enjoyed. to them and, and we just said dear neighbor this is why i'm supporting robin vining so but in a sealed envelope yes. rather than a postcard oh, normally yeah. i sponsored a couple of those yes. doors myself in fact one is on the edge of my alley where i currently live i encountered that experience so with wow. a true neighbor I will say, um, Luann, this happened to me when I was knocking on doors me for too. you. Oh, it happened to me too. I walked up uh, probably near here, Hales Corners and uh, area, and the man said, and I asked for the wife, who was the person that I was supposed to talk to, and he said no. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. I never thought and, to track that down, though, and write a letter. Right. That is a great idea. the one idea. you can't reach. Yeah. So then Robin, the word I got is she had lost, but was there a recount? Then? There no, was, she no, was so, she... so close, and she knew the numbers that she was getting from people who are your volunteers yeah. go to the poll, yeah. and they get the canvas numbers, yep. and then she was seeing that certain districts that she'd seen the yeah. numbers for um, hadn't come in yet. So she kind she of kind knew, of knew that she was going to win. She did. But it was, but it was like close, 118 votes, something yeah. like yeah. that. Right in that neighborhood, That's yeah. Really close. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So she flips that seat. She flipped that seat. And I remember watching from afar and being very excited and figuring that those persisters had to have a role in that. Now, Joe Phillips, her treasurer at the time, his kids go to the Wauwatosa Montessori. So that's uh, my connection. Uh, sure. And of course, he had asked me for money. And of course, I sent her some money. She sounded good to me. You know, right. love yeah. wins. She was had the greatest yes. message. She yeah. does. Oh my gosh, so inspiring. She's a natural and she follows her values. She and does. I love how she says the method is the message. And I've learned a lot from that. The way we do things matters as much as what we say. Yeah. Uh, so that or inspired more. us. And <laughs> then after that, uh, flipping that seat, helping, being a part of that, we really thought, um, you know, let's do this again. And so the next time uh, we had a small part in uh, Deb Andraka oh, on her, she flipped, she flipped a seat, her seat. Right. Um, because we had many persisters from that district. And then we had a large part in Sarah Rodriguez flipping that seat. Oh, so she, wow. she uh, beat Rob Hutton. And then we thought, okay, flipping seats. This is, this this is, is our game. Fun. <laughs> because in a very ger- gerrymandered state like Wisconsin that we're so aware of, um, how gerrymander makes very few districts competitive. It is a lot of legwork. You know this, Luann? I do. I totally do. And it was so scary um, watching the, you know, the, the gerrymandering of the lines affect the legislature and the impact it would have on our governor this last time. So while you guys were flipping those seats, they, we were still, you know, the redrawing of the lines finally came down last year after the census, that's just just a clarification. They redraw the lines every 10 years Yes. Mm-hmm. after the census, and then they look at the population to try to distribute the numbers. That's how it should be, just numbers right. evenly throughout the state, right, into these 99 assembly districts and then 33 Senate districts. So for those that don't know, there's three assembly districts in every Senate district. 
However, what happened 20, 10 years in the, in the last census is the Republicans drew the lines in such a way that they took neighborhoods out here and they cut neighborhoods out there and, and put them in districts so that they could concentrate all the Democrats in the major uh, um, urban areas. And then they tried to, and they did successfully, yes. took seats away from the Democrats so they could have, and they were aiming now for a supermajority. Yes which is what happened in the Senate this last round. I'm sad to say that happened. Yeah. So we were very yeah. concerned, even though we were making all, you guys were making all this progress. I was busy with grandma daycare. <laughs> and I was busy being miserable at home until I got the call, you know, in 2022, in May 20th, just to say, <laughs> oh, <laughs> May well. 20th, to run for the assembly. And that was when I could get in and do my part. So I was very More fortunate to have a group part. that... Um, of the persisters to reach out to, or did you reach out to me? I forget how that all we, started. I remember that uh, oh, yeah, Representative so. Evan Goyke had been a guest at Persisters, and he said to us, here's the race you've got to watch. Luann Bird in the 84. And so we invited you to Persisters, and I you came, and uh, yeah. a, a friendship it was, was made. Park. Yes. Oh, it was a sisterhood, believe me. <laughs> and that makes me think of uh, one of the things about Persisters is we have a lot of fun. And we are people who didn't all know each other before, but now we care about each other, we share a lot together, and we laugh a lot. And uh, so there has to be joy in this, right? There has so to be joy. be joy. Absolutely. And one of the things about working on Luann's campaign was <laughs> we had so much fun because it was so easy to be taken along by your energy and your positive vision. Well, and the name Bird helped. <laughs> bird is right, bird. we're still bird trying bird. to determine if my three sons have a, have a relation. Because they have grandparents with the last name oh Bird, but word, we still have bird. to work on that. Is the word but it, it warms our heart yeah. even more. Yeah, join our nest. Join yeah, our join the nest. But we just had fun. Having fun yes. and learning from one another. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've learned so much from all the people we interact with. Mm -hmm. Those we agree with, those we disagree with, and learning to sort that out is a big part of the process, as is all the times at Lisa's table, especially before the pandemic, when we had middle schoolers or high schools or college kids with us and as mothers and you and I as grandmothers, we know for sure that they don't do what we say, they do what they see. Mm -hmm. And so that modeling for a next and a next generation of voters and citizens, however they learn to define that for themselves, is really important to me. Because yeah. democracy has to be we and not they. And it doesn't work when we're just fighting for power. It's right. got to be about the people. And that was the thing that um, I, I felt the same way you did, that our generation has let down the next generation of kids. Absolutely. And even my little grandson, Ryan, he's, and those kids get, he's um, going to be 11 this week. They get discouraged with all the negative events. They get discouraged with all the politicking. And they yes. just want to see people get along. Even my little... Um, five-year-old grandson in the car the other day was talking about, I think, the wars going on. He says, why can't they just talk to each other? I mean, yes. our, our young people deserve better than what we have been, what we had been handing them. And so when I got the call to run, I knew exactly what I was 
what I wanted to do. I wanted to get in there with civility. I wanted to, to um, admit that our political system is broken, it's divided, and it's not working for us. And so I was running on a civility platform. And then, of course, the Democrats have their way of running. And they said, well, you can't really run on that. Mm. <laughs> and I said, okay. And then well, I ran on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, afterwards. That's right. they thought it was okay. After a while, I saw these legislators exactly. coming in for me. And they had, to, they had well, let me t- tell a story about you guys. So these guys come, and they're going to knock on doors for me. It was just it was just so beautiful, so wonderful. And yes, we laughed and we ate went ice and cream. Doors and we ate ice cream. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> Frozen um, custard. We got it myself. We got yes. And so, you know, I give my little spiel every time about civility and how we need to listen and how when Phil was paralyzed, I got in there and I got things done. And when we needed sewer, I got on the commission and we got things done. And you don't get that done by fighting. You get that done by bringing people yeah. together. And so that was my whole my whole message and the issues that were so important that we need to work on women's rights, voting rights, yeah. the environment. I mean, you name it, LBG, LG, LBGTQ rights. All of these rights, were um, they're on the line. They still are. So anyway, I, I, I throw this. So that's my theme. And we got our shirts made that said, choose civility. civility yeah. And now we got enough that I can start to hand these out to my volunteers. Yes. So my persisters all are putting on these yes. civility shirts. Oh, those <laughs> were great days. <laughs> and Good weather and bad. Beautiful. It didn't matter. And so they come back. I'll never forget you, Lisa. <laughs> Okay, so you knock on doors and you have the word civility on your shirt. How does that go at the door? You want to tell me more about that? So I was saying, some people might frustrate me with some of the um, comments that they're making about the election. And then I look at my shirt and it says civility and I remind myself, that's what I'm representing here. And the fact that we were wearing it on our t-shirts was such a powerful reminder that we all have the capacity to choose to be civil. All of us have anger inside of us about certain things that make us heated, but we have the capacity to choose civility. And it is a choice. And so how did that look different at a door compared to not being civil? I mean, what did you, what worked for you then when you, when you realized someone said something you didn't like? How did you handle that? How did it become? Well, I think uh, that you can have a, a conversation that continues rather than one that's one-sided. Okay. And uh, that's, you know, we aren't necessarily going to persuade somebody, but we are neighbors. We're Wisconsinites and, and sometimes all in the same community. And uh, we're going to continue to live as neighbors. Well, and I think you can learn as you model so well, Luann, you can learn to ask and not tell. That's very powerful it, at the door. I was doors. just going to say, I was not out to persuade. I was there to listen, right. really. To, to I was learn, there to listen right. and to engage to learn and people listen. in being civil with me and in working with me to create the kind of changes we want to see in government so we could work together to solve those problems and, and not just fight about we, them. one of us didn't agree with the other, you can still leave on a really positive note. Yes. Which is, that I love cool, your garden. It? I love your yard. Right, Have a right. great day. And that is... It gives you the energy to knock on the next door and the next right. door. Or to just, and or to just thank them for answering the door. Sure. Well, there are plenty true. of people that open their door and you don't have your first question out and they say, I'm a conservative. And I've learned to ask, may I ask you what you wish to conserve? Yeah. What and do you care that, about? Right. What is it that you care about? Right. Yes. And that's the question. So when I got into the campaign, 
it was uh, so divided, people couldn't talk about politics. They didn't think that they could. And then here I show up at their door, like, well, of course we can talk about politics. I'm not going to judge can. you or beat you up or try, you know, I just want to talk, talk about what's important to you or not even talk, but listen mm-hmm. to what's important to you. Yes. And then we can look at where do we agree and where do we not. So I found a lot of agreement. But you want to talk about that one door? So toward yes. the end of the campaign now, I mean, I had great responses at doors. I just did, they didn't just slam them on me. We just, you know, when you open the door and someone says, hey, I think the political system's broken. It's like, yeah, okay, we can agree. Let's just start right there, you know, and that, that sort of put people at ease. Yeah. Um, and um, so, but we hit this one door. Mm-hmm. I hit one door, and it was a younger couple, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I remember right, he had tattoos. Mm-hmm. And they opened the door, saw that I was a candidate, and kind of slammed it in my face. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and Kitty and I were right there, They were nearly wa- beside you. Two of, two of these her sisters were right there <laughs> watching this. And I, I trust my gut. I trust mm-hmm. my gut a lot on things. And my gut mm-hmm. said, hmm, this is a younger couple. I'm really here for them, and I'm not going to accept that they just shut that door. I'm here to bring them some hope. So I don't know why I did this. I don't do it at every door, but on that door, I knocked on it again. Mm-hmm. And this time, the guy came. They were both there the first time. This time, the guy came, and, and I said, look, I'm sorry. I, I just want you to know I'm as mad as you are about politics. And, and by this time, all the negative ads were running, and it was really making people so angry. And then he comes out. Closes the door, stands with us on the porch, and I think it lasted well at least ten minutes. At least, at least. And then I and got it was him a to rich talk. conversation. Do yes. you remember? Do you, could you hear any of that conversation or not? Well, yes, it was a lot about the ads and the guns. Yeah, and the guns and the, and the crime in Milwaukee. Do you remember that? Yes. And he was like, these kids. He would say it kind of like that. They, you know, they're out committing all these crimes. And it's just so unacceptable. But the way he said it struck my heart because um, most people talk about these kids in a way that put them down. Mm. What I was hearing in his tone, I said, I'm hearing you say that you care about these kids Mm -hmm. and that you do not want to see these kids doing these things. Right? Right. And that just like melted that his little heart. Up. Yep. Because it was it true. It was what was heart. making him angry wasn't so much that the crime wasn't happening to him, but it was that these kids can't find a better right. way. Right. right. And it was so touching. He wants them to have some hope. Right. And yeah. you know, I yeah. remember like I can shaking see his, his face. Hand. Remember that? That was like mm-hmm. a moment of yeah. change for him. And the eye, you know, his eyes lit up and it's like, yeah. So, you know, when I left that door, I said, well, that's the kind of thing I'd like to work on. Wow. You know, right. we can get there for kids and we can change things if we can talk. You know, And we can do better can for kids. I mean, your little yeah. grandchildren, yeah. my little grandchildren, yep. they're living with realities in their school days yep. that are beyond our imagination. Yep. For sure. And they take stock in all their own individual ways. Mm-hmm. And we have failed them. And even those that stay safe are mm-hmm. living with the trauma of active shooter drills. It's not okay. I, know. I don't know of any children right. that these drills have ever saved right. or kept safer. Right. right. And if we don't raise our voice about that trauma in their weekly, monthly school days... Um, Shame on us. Well, Catherine, Dr. Catherine Wilkin 
and in my last podcast had framed it this way and I wrote the words down when she was talking she said we have to challenge our fatalistic attitudes about gun violence and what what she meant was we got to stop thinking we can't fix this because we can Mm -hmm. and so here she is this surgeon that I met I was the first politician she had ever met and, Mm -hmm. and she she was so impressed by what I was trying to do and it inspired her then to take her knowledge of seeing these children die in the trauma, in the, in the emergency rooms from these gunshot wounds, and take that to the legislature and say, no, this is no longer acceptable. Here's some bills that we can change to, 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 to save these kids. They're, they look like grown-ups, but you know, they're not. Right. They're really children that haven't been given the right options. I frame it this way. Is it the, is it the kids that are is it the kids that are a problem or is it the grown ups in their lives that aren't doing the right things? Mm-hmm. And if you think about grown ups in their lives, be it the family life or maybe it's the schools don't have enough resource resources or the teachers can't reach them because they have too big a cl- whatever the issue is, it's about the grown ups in these kids' lives. And so when you think of it that way, it should give us hope. Yeah. You know, this series is so much about hope and action and civility. It should give us some hope that we can change it. And it's the same with guns. You know, where's the hope? The hope is that we can get to these people that are so angry and violent and are causing this kind of uh, this kind of disruption in people's lives and in the public lives so that we don't even feel safe. You know, we can, we can change it, though. We don't have to accept we it. We can change it, and we are changing it. The voters have come through. One conversation, <laughs> one yes. election at a time. Yes. And everybody, it seems, yes. is yes. united more and more in wanting change. For and sure. I try to guide my life by being the change you wish to see in the world. Right. Gandhi's words that will not fail of us. For sure. Not just scream and complain and, as Lisa said, yell at your TV yeah. about your thirst for change, but to be the change. Well, we can still get mad and yell at the TV, but it doesn't last because we know how to turn that anger right into action. And then we <laughs> make that it. phone call that we need to make and or we make that contact that we need to make or we reach out to that person that, you know, that that's said said that wrong or whatever. We do what we can. You know those people that wrote did the negative ads against me. I chased them down. I figured out yeah. who they were and met with right. one of the guys yeah. that was on the quote board of directors. I'm not going to get into details <laughs> on that. But it felt so good to look him in the eye to show him these ads and say, "Why did you do this?" And you know how this affected children. You know, and to to bring it to their attention. You know that's what we do. That's what Persisters does. So so um, I did see. So my race we. One more quick story. Do you remember the one where you chased me down and said, you got to come back and talk to this lady. She can't Oh, I remember her so well because she was a friend oh, of God, your opponent. Donald. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and I talked to her at the door and, yeah, chased and you down the block. <laughs> she struggled. And it was the, the coolest but thing I think we can vote. do at doors, right? Yes. Just listen yeah. and help people process what's important to them. Yeah. And I trust people. Mm-hmm. And I learned that the more doors I knocked on, the more I trusted you, all the people in this you know, world, because I do think the public good is served and that we have more in common than we do um, not. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the more doors I knocked on, the more I realized everyone cares about safety. Everyone cares about kids in education. There's some dif- differences in how we, you know, whether it's public or private, but we all care about kids. We all care about, 
educating kids in Milwaukee. We all care about crime. Women's rights, when you get down to it, most people care about women and maybe they don't like abortion, but they don't like the government dictating our choices. Most people care about that. So the more doors I knocked on. So when it comes to this lady now, her struggle was that she liked Bob Donovan, but she was big on women's choice. Wasn't that it? That was exactly it. And she actually posed the question, how do I not vote for a friend of, I think, 30 or more years? years. It was a college friend. Yeah. And we said, what about remaining friends but voting for the values you're right. concerned about? And she she smiled and said, you have my vote. I didn't come in and bash Bob Donovan about that. No. I did not for one focus second. on that. Nope. And I think that gave her the freedom then to think about, you know, yeah, this is what's important to me. It'll be okay. I remember walking away thinking, that's so cool that we helped her feel good about her vote. Right. And that's what I wanted to leave every door with. With You know, if you feel good about your vote, that's, that's what I'm about. Not voting for the lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. Or not voting at all because you're so discouraged with the political process. Mm-hmm. We all are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here we all, here we are sitting today, still trying, still changing mm. that, not trying to, we are changing it. Mm. I got the coolest message from one of the musicians after the, well, but we'll, we'll end on that story. But we're, I want to talk about, so we get through my race, I lose, but only by 2%. So I still have mm. political power and we're out doing podcasts and still meeting with my voters and stuff. And uh, the school board race comes up. Yes, and so right. the grandparents and I talked a lot about that in the last race, but you guys can give us a little brief update of what the persisters did there. And we were all afraid that there was groups, there were outside groups coming into Tosa trying to uh, infiltrate our public education system. Oh, and we had experiences, and Lisa can talk very well about how we organized for the school board race. But even prior to that, before we knew that Moms for Liberty was really going to come in hard and strong in mm-hmm. in Wauwatosa, we were at school board mm-hmm. meetings and had some very difficult uh, confrontations, eyeball to eyeball, with um, people that weren't from our community, were not raising kids or grandkids in our community, mm-hmm. but were very antagonistic mm-hmm. and aggressive towards us who were caring about our community. Mm-hmm. So then the school board race came up and... Uh, well, can I just back up for a second? Yeah. Um, so when we started Persisters in 2017, we were really looking at what was happening on the national level because that was really alarm bells, right? For some people, that was a lot of alarm bells. And the more we got active as persisters, as a group of individuals who were engaged with our elected officials at the national level, then we said, this isn't just a national level uh, concern. And we got very familiar with what was happening at the state level. And Wisconsin has a very gerrymandered state, even though um, Mm -hmm. Democrats get about two-thirds of the votes um, in uh, in some of the races, I'm sorry, less than two thirds. Uh, uh, Janet just won by uh, 11%. Um, a lot of statewide offices, they're, they're, um, their Democrats are winning by large margins, but our state um, assembly and Senate is very tilted towards Republicans, such that they almost have a supermajority. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing that okay, this isn't just a national issue, this is a state of Wisconsin issue. What Scott Walker did as governor, creating a lot of maps that made our state extremely gerrymandered, means that our voice doesn't 
have resonance with our state um, elected representatives. Even though you're flipping all those seats. Yeah, but we still had representatives. I'm mm -hmm. not going to say their names. So Republican senators who wouldn't answer our calls, who wouldn't answer our emails, mm -hmm. who wouldn't answer our letters for weeks and weeks upon end. And we started to scratch our heads and go, they don't have to. If they're in a safe seat, they do not have to. These seats have been gerrymandered to an inch of our lives, and so they don't have to listen to us. And we're like, that's not democratic either. It's not just what's happening at the national level. We have threats to democracy at the state level. And we got very familiar with what the um, gerrymandered maps are doing in Wisconsin. Okay, so we got much more involved at the state level. And we advocated uh, for fair maps for many years. Uh, we still don't have them. Um, but now with uh, Judge Janet Pratasevich being elected, we have, um, we have a hope of fair maps. Uh, that gives us hope. Okay, so we started to look at the state level and seeing where the democracy isn't happening at the state level. We want to advocate for democracy. That's our purpose. We're getting active in that. Well, then we start to focus on our local races. What's more local than your local school board? And we see that these races aren't always just local. These aren't always just neighbors. These are sometimes being taken over by large national um, issues. And one of the uh, large national uh, groups uh, seeking to overturn school boards and have a big impact on school boards is what's called Moms for Liberty. They started in the state of Florida. They've taken over a lot of school boards in Florida and in many other states as well. Well, we didn't know this until about a year ago. Why did we become aware of it? Because we go to our school board meetings and we start to see people that we don't know with large signs and megaphones who have invited the news to the school board meetings and suddenly our school board meetings are becoming very divisive and a lot of yelling and a lot of like outsiders holding signs. So persisters find out about it through other groups like um, Tosa Together, Support Our Schools and other groups saying, please come to the school board meetings, please stand for our teachers, for our students, for all students. So what did persisters do? We started just making signs, going in front of the school board meeting before the school board meeting. And one of our signs, when Cheryl talked about antagonistic behavior, said, we support all students. That was our sign. We support all students. We believe in inclusivity. All are welcome. And uh, there was a lot of people there from Moms for Liberty, from other communities, very few people from Wauwatosa. There may have been a few but a large contingent, and they came up to us with posters and, um, and their video cameras, and they just yelled vile things at us about our parenting, about our own selves, and we were shaken. Uh, they took that right into the school board meeting. You can read about it in the Journal Sentinel. And we realized, wow, these aren't just national issues. These aren't just state issues. These are right down at our local school board. And what are they trying to do? They're trying to press buttons of fear. They're trying to um, take away um, ideas about inclusion. Okay, if you, if you value the Moms for Liberty values, obviously go ahead and vote for them. I don't stand for those values. Persisters don't stand for those values. We stand for inclusion, representation, teaching history. And uh, so we took a strong stand 
on our recent school board election in Wauwatosa. the intimidation, which took many forms. Yes, and so we worked really hard. We wrote postcards, we talked to our friends, and we knocked on doors for uh, three women who did not run as a ticket. They ran each as individuals. They didn't even really know each other beforehand, but they became known as the three women candidates, and they ran because against... Yeah, uh, and we the, did a meet they and greet. Against? We did a they, meet and greet for them as well. The three Tosa dads, a group of candidates endorsed by Moms for Liberty, right? Formed, right? And they were called the three dads, Tosa, the Tosa dads. Dads for Tosa, wasn't there? I think was it was the three Tosa, Tosa dads. So we really organized ourselves. We really got active, and it can be uncomfortable when this is in your no own neighborhood but we believed in the values that the women were representing. Go back to vote your values, stand up for your values. It doesn't have to be about the individual, it's about the values. And we didn't like the values that we saw represented even before they started to run um, by the people who were supporting them and endorsing them. And so we are very proud to see that the three women that we supported and worked really hard for won by double digits, every yeah. one of them. And it was great. Uh, can we name names here? <laughs> the three women that absolutely Liz, Liz Heimerl Rolland and Wauwatosa School Board. Congratulations to you her bet. great win. Yes, uh, Lynn Worley, Wauwatosa School Board, and Jessica Willis, who was re-elected. Right, uh, and all of them won more than sixty percent of the vote. They won every ward except one, and they weathered a lot. They As did. I said they earlier, did. what candidates are put through in more and more and right. more right. Uh, is is daunting at, at least. So these women and the few men that are members of the Toast Per Sisters mm -hmm. knocked on doors, put up signs, attended forums, did fundraisers um, for both the Supreme Court race, well the Supreme yeah. Court race, the judges mm -hmm. races, yes. and for these uh, women to get them elected. So the 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 uh, Activism continues. The ch democracy is still threatened. I attended your uh, lessening session, the budget hearings that um, Evan Goyke and Robin Vining had yes. last Saturday, and I came away just alarmed at the fact that they have to keep their pillows and blankets in in Madison now. They have to make sure their cars are all running good because if they they are only two seats away from having a supermajority right. vote to override all of our Democratic governors' vetoes. So if anyone is sick or their car breaks down, you know, then you're one seat away. Or if you have two people sick, the Republicans can now take control. And because they do have a supermajority in the Senate now. So it's going to be a very tense legislative session coming up. So our work continues. Our work We've continues. learned some lessons. And I'm just going to tell you that in Tosa, this is a nonpartisan group, but you did swing your progressive votes. I think I read As somewhere. Lisa said, we're proud progressives. We're getting more and people involved about that. We are, our core group is in Wauwatosa, yep. but we are metropolitan Milwaukee. We are the state of Wisconsin. Yep. We have 800 people who are following us from around the country. And uh, it, this is a model that can work in any community. And I'd just like to say that to anybody who might be listening. Call us, uh, email us. This is a model that can move, that can work anywhere. Uh, it's a very simple model. And, and finally, we, we Luann talks about hope, civility, and action. So one of the things that we do when we do our actions every week is we always thank people. And if you're in activism, I just can't 
I can't express this enough. There's a lot of things that we're out there opposing. There's a lot of things that we're saying, I disagree with this, I want this instead. But sometimes it lifts our spirits. It builds us up for the fight the next day. As Cheryl said, you might quit at night, but you start again every morning. Thank the person that's done the good thing. Thank the person, thank the poll worker. We do that thank the person week. who ran but didn't win. Thank uh, the person who is a Republican legislator who you might not vote for, but you love that they just co-sponsored a bill. Write to them, thank them. These people put in a lot of hours, like Luann is saying, they might have their pillows in their car. Thank them. Don't just call when you need something. Once in a while, call them up and thank them. Absolutely. It's all about relationships. And it was very hard for me, but I met with Bob Donovan the first time. I didn't know how that was going to go. It was just fine because we are both people. And we do have some things that we yes. share. The parties can get in the way. <laughs> Unfortunately, he doesn't know what he's getting into. But uh, to his credit, he has gotten a couple bills passed that I'm happy to see right. might make a difference. But I don't want to just focus on policing. I want to focus on education and other very important things that can turn around the crime and you know things happening. So that's that's a great place to end. I hope that if you're watching this, you can find your little thing, your little way of getting involved and helping to make uh, the world around you better. Because that's what, what we're all about and the Persisters have been doing for years. Isn't that great? And do I it in community. It. it makes it more fun. And don't it's be afraid to the run. Community. Yeah, don't be afraid to run if you feel like you want to run. Because as Sarah Godlewski's <clears throat> father said, losing isn't fatal and winning isn't final. So mm -hmm. even though I lost my race, I still feel... Uh, that we've brought a lot of hope to a lot of people and we're still learning how, how to take action. It doesn't matter. It's not about an election, really. It's a journey and, and we're on it. We're on it together. It's a journey. We're on it. <laughs> together. I'm thankful to our parents. Hi, Mom. <laughs> and all we've learned. You bet. And uh, thank you, Dan Shaver. Thank you, Civic Media. I want to take a minute to, to thank those folks for sponsoring this and Marianne Luber and Marlene Ott. They came up with some of the, uh, they sponsored this uh, podcast series so we could make this happen to you, um, happen for you, so there is no charge to uh, watching all these podcasts. So, so thank you very much. Stay involved and stay tuned. We have a couple more coming up. Thank you, Luann. Thank you. Thank you, Persisters. Bye-bye. <laughs>